Well, we'll turn back to read in the gospel, in the Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter three. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter three, and we'll read again at uh, verse sixteen. That according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Last evening, if you were in the service in Borv, Roddy John was preaching on Ephesians chapter 2. And he took us into chapter 1 and chapter 2 and showed us the purpose for which Paul was writing to the people in Ephesus and indeed bringing God's word even to ourselves today that we might comprehend the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. As he goes on to say here in chapter 3, in this prayer that he gives towards the end of the chapter, that we might grasp or see the love of Christ. As he says, that we might comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. Can we comprehend it? Have you ever sat down and looked into this and thought to yourself, well, just what kind of love has Christ had for me? That he would go to the cross to die for a sinner such as I am. It's an amazing love, such a great love. And can we really comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, the depth? Well, what we see as we look here in Ephesians chapter 3, is that Paul isn't just bringing to us a word in a moment, but reminding us of the whole of God's word. How many love songs have you listened to in your life? So many have been written, many different languages, many different cultures, in many different places, by many different people. It's probably impossible to number the amount of love songs. There are all kinds of love songs. Love for people, love for places, about losing love, finding love, missing a loved one, wishing for love. You hear it all the time. All you have to do is listen to the radio, to the Durokan on Friday night, and you'll hear songs written over many years about people, maybe in far-off places, away from home, remembering a place they loved or a person they loved. It's unending. But it's a, it's a different kind of love to the love that we have here in Ephesians. It's not an unending love or an undying love because our human love in that sense will come to an end. But to grasp and to comprehend the love of Christ is to see a love that never ends. It has no beginning. It has no end. And as you look at the word of God, what you find is a salvation song. The whole of God's word 
is singing out to us, crying out to us about the love of God the Father. The love of God who gave his Son. The love foreshadowed in the Old Testament through all the sacrifices that the people had to offer. Sacrifices made for their sins. The love that we see in the New Testament as God sends his Son into the world for sinners such as we are. The love song that we were singing in Psalm 13 together. That love that so often has questions. When you love someone, it can often bring you to a place where you're asking questions. Are you angry with me? Why aren't you talking to me? And in the same way, we see the love that we show towards God has that kind of sense. In Psalm 13, the psalmist is saying, How long will you forget me, Lord? Will you forget always? How long, Lord, will you hide your face and turn from me your gaze? The psalmist is asking questions of God. But has God forgotten? Has God stopped loving? No. Because we come to verse 5 in that psalm and we sing, But still I trust your constant love. You save and set me free. With joy I will extol the Lord who has been good for me. You see, that's what our hearts are like. We feel as if God has left us. But so often the problem is the reverse, that we have drifted away from God. So it's not, why have you forgotten me, Lord? We should be saying, but Lord, help me because I have forgotten you. And it's so easy to forget the Lord in our own difficulties. And that's what was happening perhaps in Ephesus. The people in Ephesus were facing up to all kinds of challenges, all kinds of persecution. But Paul is calling them back to see the love of God in Christ Jesus. To comprehend with all the saints just how great this love is. The breadth, the length, the height, the depth. As we approach a communion weekend, do we comprehend this love ourselves? We can often come and approach a communion weekend maybe in two different ways. You can come here this evening with a mindset that says, what a filthy, wretched sinner I am. How could Jesus ever love a sinner such as I am? How could I possibly come to sit at the Lord's table? He can see my heart. He knows all my sins. It would be foolish of me. I'd be a hypocrite to go to the Lord's table. You know, Christians come like that. And Christians should come feeling like that because we are all to examine ourselves. Today is a day of examination and preparation to come to the Lord's table. And can any of us here this evening look in our hearts and say, there is a clean heart. There is a heart that is pure before the Lord. I am ready, I am right to come to the Lord's table. We cannot. Because as we examine ourselves, we see sin within. And we can come with that feeling. Whether we've been a Christian for a long time or whether we're new 
to the whole of the church or the Bible, whether it's completely new to us, as we hear the word of God, we can so easily feel, I am just a wretched sinner. But how does God want us to come? And how is Paul instructing us to come to the Lord? Well, he says to us here, Paul himself, the apostle, he says that he himself is the least of all the saints. He says in another place, he is the chief of sinners, the wretched man. He sees his own heart. He knows his sin. But he still prays that the people of Ephesus, that ourselves here this evening, that he in his own heart would come to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of this love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. There is no love that compares to this love. And it's a love that isn't just spoken about. It's a love that is demonstrated. Christ demonstrated his love for sinners by going to the cross. How deep his love. That is what Paul is praying. And that should be our prayer this evening as well. That we would come with all the saints. All of us together would come to comprehend, to see this love that Christ has shown for sinners such as we are. And then as we examine our hearts, we won't come saying, my heart is clean because of what I have done. But we could come to say, we love because he first loved us. I want us to think about the love of Christ. The love that Paul speaks about here in Ephesians, but looking at it from other parts of the scriptures as well. And just turning to three different texts that remind us of this great love. The love that uh, Paul is praying that we will grasp the length, the breadth, the height, the depth, as I said before, it's not confined to one part of Scripture. It's throughout Scripture. And there are so many parts we could turn to and say, here we see the love of God, because you see it right throughout the Word of God. I want us to think of three verses, or three different parts of Scripture. And the first thing I want to think about is 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. How the Lord Jesus demonstrates his love for us. You see there the breadth and length, the height and depth of his love. Though he was rich, Yet, for your sakes, 
for your sake and mine, he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. What do you automatically think of when you read these words? Though he was rich. We have this tendency to think of rich and money. We are rich if we have a lot of money. But is that true of the Lord Jesus Christ? Did he leave behind some kind of financial security, some kind of financial wealth? And to come into this world to be a poor beggar, so that through his poverty we might somehow uh, come into great riches, great wealth ourselves. Well, that's not the kind of riches that we're being told about here. Many people, when they take marriage vows, part of the vow says that we will stay together for richer or for poorer. There's a, a commitment there. But how many marriages break down when financial hardship comes? How many marriages break down when a windfall comes? We come to think, I can do better. I can get somebody better. But that's not the kind of love that the Lord Jesus has shown for us. His love runs deeper. Consider what Jesus left behind. The height and depth, the length and breadth of his love for us. Who is this Jesus? You know, some people saw Jesus as he came into the world and said, Is that not the carpenter's son? There can't be anything special about him. There's going to be no great wealth with him. He's merely a carpenter's son. Nothing special. Others saw him on the cross and mocked him. If you are the Son of God, they cried, come down, save yourself. If you are the Son of God. They didn't believe he was. Who is this man? Who is this Jesus? What is the length and breadth and height and depth of his love? Well, the Bible makes it clear to us. Who is this man? Well, he was in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. All things were made by him. We read that in the Gospel of John. In Colossians 1 verse 16 we read that all things were made through him and for him. Everything. The whole of creation. He was rich. But Paul says in Philippians he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing. Going to the cross, going to lay down his life, to die, as it says, even death on the cross, the most humiliating death, the death reserved for criminals, for murderers, 
Who is this Jesus? He came from that perfect relationship with his Father. To the point where he would say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He came, as it said elsewhere, from glory to Golgotha. To the place of the skull. To be one who would be served or should be served, he became a servant. He was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. He gave himself, he emptied himself. Why? So that through his poverty you might become rich. Rich not in wealth, but in the glory that belongs to him. That we might be children of God. That we might share in the inheritance that is his. That we might have a part in the kingdom of God. That we might have hope for this life and for eternity. That is the length and breadth, the height and depth of the love of Christ. He was rich, but for your sake became poor. So through his poverty, we might become rich. The second text I want us to think about is from Romans 5, verse 8. Again, this was referenced last evening as well, Romans 5, verse 8, how important it is to see our own salvation in Christ there. And Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And again, this was referenced last evening too in Ephesians chapter 2. Where were we when Christ came for us? Where were you? Dead in your trespasses and sins. No thought of God. No desire for God. Dead in trespasses and sins. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What kind of love is that? The Lord Jesus did not come into the world to meet with friends. He came to die for his enemies. When we were angry against God, when we raged against God, when we mocked the people of God, when we mocked the things of God, the love of God is still there to be seen that while we were sinners, Christ died for us.
you may lay down your life for a friend. But would you lay down your life for an enemy? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love so amazing. Love so divine. What were we or what are we when we're sinners? He came for people who rejected him. He came for people who were confident in their own self-righteousness. He came to die for people who made idols and false images in the place of the living God. He came to nations who have turned from the word of God, from the truth, and turned to a lie. And yet he still came. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And consider what he has come to save sinners from. As we comprehend the love of Christ, the length, the breadth, the height and depth. For that love to mean even more, we have to see what he is saving us from. I'm sure many of you have maybe read or heard of the sermon by Jonathan Edwards. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. If you've never read it, go and read it. Because it gives such a great description of what we are saved from. It gives a picture of hell in all its fury. And it gives a picture of how blind we are to what hell really is. In one part of the sermon he speaks about the unconverted walking on a floor above hell that is rotten. But you don't know it. And what you're walking on cannot take your weight. But you don't see it until it's too late. But he keeps going on about this God whose grasp is on the sinner. And while there is that grasp, the sinner has hope. While we are on mercy's ground, there is hope. And God is speaking to us. And Jonathan Edwards goes on to describe the way is opened up to Christ. And Christ is calling us in why will you die? Come and be saved. Do you comprehend the love of Christ that invites you to himself? To come and see what he is saving us from. Not just what he is saving us to. We look forward to glory. We look forward to heaven. We look forward to that beautiful place that is so hard to describe. But are you afraid of the alternative? He has come 
to save us from our sins. And our sins deserve the just punishment of death. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see yourself as a sinner today? I'm sure you probably do. We all have to see our sin, the sin of our hearts. But do you see the love of Christ? Do you see the way he came to give his life, to shed his blood, that our sins might be cleansed? There's a great line in Christianity Explored course. Sure, many of you have heard it, but it keeps coming back to me. We are more sinful than we ever realized. But we're more loved than we ever dreamed. We are more sinful than we ever realized. And the closer you come to Christ, the more you see your sin the more you see that you're even more sinful than you ever realized. We're unworthy to come into his presence. But the closer you come, the more you see that you are more loved than you ever dreamed. That he could love a sinner such as me. You are more loved than you ever dreamed. That is the love we see when we come to look at the Lord Jesus. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Third and final text I want us to think about as we comprehend this love is to think of John 10, verse 10 and 11. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The ultimate expression of the love of Christ. He died for sinners. He laid down his life for the sheep. He came to give his life that you would have life and have life to the full. We see so many expressions in the world today about living life to the full. But so many of the expressions of living life to the full are chasing your own dreams. Don't be held back by anyone, they say. Do what you want. Live life to the full. But it's still empty. You're still chasing. You're still looking for something. There is always something missing without Christ. 
To live life to the full is to know the shepherd of the sheep. Is to put your trust in this great shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. You see the holiness of God who hates all sin and who will not let sin go unpunished and yet we are sinners to the core so how could we possibly come before this holy God as sinners in the hands of an angry God how could we possibly come to him do we have our own righteousness do we have our own works Is there anything we can bring to him and say, Lord, here is why I deserve life with you. Nothing. We have nothing. Nothing in my hands I bring. Only to the cross I cling. Our righteousness is filthy rags. But we come through the righteousness of Christ. How do we know that righteousness for ourselves? It is given to us through faith. If you believe in the Son of God, you are made righteous. He takes your sin. And banishes them. They are put away. They are gone. They are forgotten. As far as east is from the west. So far as he removed them. And we come. In the righteousness. Of Christ. What love. God has shown to us. That he gave his son. You know the great text, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can repeat these words. You know them. Do you know the love that is spoken of? Do you know the son that he speaks of? Do you know that he died for sinners? Do you know that he died for you? Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That is how deep, that is how high, That is how great this love is. Do you know this love for yourself? C.S. Lewis once said, On the whole, God's love for us is a much safer subject to think about than our love for him. 
So as you examine yourself today, as you look in your heart, as you see your sin, don't stop there. Think of the love of God. Because that's a much safer subject to think about. Much more secure. Our love for God, it blows hot and cold. There are times where we feel closer. Times where, like the psalmist, we ask questions. But the love of God doesn't change. And as you look to the cross, as you see what Christ Jesus has done for us, there you see the breadth, the length, the height and depth of the love of Christ. Doesn't it surpass knowledge? Isn't it so hard to comprehend that he would love me? A wretched sinner. The hymn writer says. How deep the father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure. Paul himself (coughs) speaks of that wretched man. The least of all the saints. But what a wonderful prayer. What a wonderful song of the love of Christ. And may we together, all the saints, be able to comprehend the breadth and length, the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We examine ourselves. But we empty ourselves. All the sin that we see, we can say, you have taken it away. And may we be filled with the fullness of God and comprehend the greatness of his love. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, your love is a love that so often we cannot comprehend. And yet the more we see of Christ, the more we see how sinful we are. But help us that we would come even closer to see in Christ just how much we are loved. And that we would see not our own sins, not our own righteousness, which is like filthy rags, but what Christ has done for sinners such as we are. We thank you for that great love that you as the Father has shown to us as your children. Behold, what manner of love has been bestowed on us that we might be called the children of God. 
And help us as we see this love. To do as you command of us. And to remember that as Christ has given all for me. So the command is that I give my life to Christ. Lord, lead us to that rock. That we might find refuge. That we might find strength. That we might find strength with all the saints. To comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of your love for us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to conclude by singing to God's praise in Psalm 17, the Scottish Psalter version. Psalm 17, Scottish Psalter version on verse 6. <coughs> I called, have on thee, O God, because thou wilt me hear, that thou mayst hearken to my speech, to me incline thine ear. Thy wondrous loving kindness show, thou that by thy right hand saves them that trust in thee from those that up against them stand. As the apple of the eye me keep, in thy wings shade me close, from lewd oppressors compassing me round as deadly foes. <coughs> we'll sing these three verses to God's praise. <coughs> grace, mercy and peace from God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.